Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the year-end 2021 Media Boat Podcast wrap-up episodes, where throughout the month of no- December, I almost said November, throughout the month of December, we wrap up the year that was in media, and that includes wrap-ups for movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. Today, my name is Matt and his name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. Yeah. Today. Today, we are talking about music. And, as we always do with these wrap-up shows, today, we are going to talk about the year that wasn't news, all the stories that we talked about throughout the year. And then in the second half of the show, we'll talk about our favorites of the year, our top five individual albums that we loved during the calendar year. All that and more as well as selecting a story of the year and an album of the year for the Media Book Podcast as a whole. That's right. We do albums here, not singles. Yeah, I mean, we could have done singles, but We've like, talked, yeah. we've done, I've done singles in the past. Do you want this podcast to be longer, though? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I didn't think so. <laughs> oh, I, we can always make it longer. <laughs> ah, we can always make it longer. We just have to make sure that we don't. So instead... We do just news and a top five for you of albums. So, let's get rolling right into it. Why don't we? Yeah, let's start off with the music news and jump in our time machine and go all the way back to January of 2021. Yes. <laughs> yes. January was, uh, we were deep in the, the, the harshest time in the, uh, 20, in the COVID-19 pandemic and everything was getting delayed. Yes. Um, people... The vaccine, the vaccine was not officially released no. yet to the general public. Um, so, as a result, our first story of the year was the Grammys being delayed. Yes. Uh, from February to March 14th. Um, yeah. The official quote was that, although after thoughtful conversations with health experts, our hosts and artists scheduled to appear, we are rescheduling to a later date um, due to the deteriorating COVID situation yeah. in Los Angeles. And yeah, those those Grammys did go off eventually in a, a slightly altered COVID-era uh, version of the, the festivities, uh, which actually made for an interesting-looking show where they had the multiple stages that they would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a neat idea and uh, ended up being an okay Grammys. Uh, at the end of the night, Taylor Swift ended up taking the Album of the Year prize home for Folklore. And it was a big night for Lil Nas X, who won Best New Artist. Um, pretty good, solid year overall for the Grammys. But yeah, just a little bit of delay almost put them uh, behind schedule there. Yep. Um, also coming out that first week was news of Dr. Dre being hospitalized from suffering a brain yeah. aneurysm. Thankfully, it looks like he has recovered from this uh, throughout the rest of the year. It looks like he did not have any similar um, issues. And uh, he showed up several times over the course of the year in public uh, appearances. So he looks like he has made a full recovery. Um, also in news that continued from like the past three years, yeah, and just continues of artists um, dealing with copyright infringement, where yes. we had Nicki Minaj paying Tracy Chapman uh, for a song uh, in her um, in Chapman's 1988 song "Baby Can I Hold You" into Nicki Minaj's song "Sorry" in 2018. Yeah, it looks like the, the uh, Chapman had denied the original request to approve it, as apparently she does with all of such requests. Minaj did the song anyways and recorded it on the album. Uh, but the song leaked anyway, thanks to some fans of Nicki's 
it looks like it was kind of up in the air whether or not she coerced the fans to do this. <laughs> um, and it ended up, the league ended up uh, making Nikki have to pay for the sample after all. So, yeah, just another example of like, man, this stuff is sample. Uh, just make sure your samples are authorized. Yep. Um, also, um, just because it was 2020 and Trump was still president, <laughs> he decided in his last final days to right. pardon Lil Wayne, Kodak Black, <laughs> and Rock Nation CEO Desiree Perez. Yeah, man. Remember when the news news was just this? <laughs> just like, what weird thing did Donald Trump do this week? Yeah, glad we don't live in that timeline anymore. Because shortly after, we had the Biden inauguration where Lady Gaga sang the national anthem and Jennifer Lopez sang the American the Beautiful arrangement. Uh, so yeah, uh, that era came to an end at long last. Yep, um, which we will talk about more in, yes, our, in our politics politics end of the year yeah, wrap up. Where we talk about everything that's not media, yep. but you can stay tuned for that one. Yeah. Um, something that also happened in January, which I will classify this as nomination for Story of the Year because <laughs> she did have a big year. Yeah, she did. Jojo Siwa. Yeah. A 17-year-old singer, dancer, actor, YouTube, TikTok star. Everywhere. 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 Came out as gay over the social media. Yeah, and over the course of the year, uh, she's appeared on countless, countless, countless things. Uh, she's appeared with her girlfriend, and they are doing well together, it seems. So uh, congratulations to Jojo Siwa. Also congratulations to Jojo, who is also making a comeback this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we get into February, where we had The Weeknd yes. getting lost in a maze of himself during yes. the Super Bowl halftime show. A pretty entertaining halftime show, I have to say. I think it was a good time. It looked really cool, and The Weeknd seemed to be doing all right. Oh, and the story that haunted us all year yes. happened in February. Also, nomination for Story of the Year that haunted us on the uh. billboard every single week. Morgan Wallen um, got pulled from radio and was indefinitely suspended from his label after a video of him saying a racial slur. That did not slow down the Morgan Wallen train. In fact, it may have sped it up as... The year was dominated by his album, Dangerous, colon, the double album, which never left the top ten except for maybe three separate weeks. It was ridiculous, its like prevalence on the, the Billboard 200 chart. Um, though, it is important to note that a lot of, in the wake of this, a lot of uh, concerts dropped him, a lot of award shows dropped him from appearances, mm -hmm. and he was largely shut out of nominations for, um, for many award shows. Um, that being said, he is technically up for a Grammy in the upcoming Grammys, but he will not be invited, is from what I've been able to hear. Mm -hmm. He seems to still be persona non grata in the industry, but his record keeps selling. Or at least keeps getting played yeah. everywhere. So, yeah, say what you will Someone's, about that. Uh, a group of people have it on repeat constantly. <laughs> Something, uh, yeah, yeah. Morgan Wallen's dangerous colon the double he album. remains dangerous remains um <laughs> yes if you've been listening to our show this this year when we get to billboards it's always just ah, he's still here he's still here even in december and this was in february when this was announced yeah even in december we're what eight months ten months removed from it yeah still on the billboard still there still there but on some lighter news, Coachella got canceled. <laughs> yeah, which we all kind of 
Sakana. Oh yeah, we all kind of Sakana. That they just punted uh, to the following year, which is yep. what they did. Yes. There were rumblings of them just doing an October Coachella, yeah. but as we got did not to, Coachella, to October and the rise of the Delta variant at the time, right. they decided to scratch that policy at the time. Not yeah. scratch the policy, scratch the, plan, the concert, yeah. the plan. Yep. And just to have it in 2022. Yep. But hey, on the lighter note. We had the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. And its nominees um, for the 2021 class of inductees. Right. Um, eventually, we got the names, right? Yes, we do. So, yeah. In fact, I've even watched this uh, this concert on HBO just a couple weekends ago. Didn't talk about it on the podcast because I felt like there wasn't enough to talk about there. Right. But, yeah, uh, it was a fun show. So, Jay-Z and the Foo Fighters were both inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, the Foo Fighters were introduced by Paul McCartney in a cute kind of full circle kind of way, mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, like they we also they also had um, some um, also the Go Go's were inducted as well, and Carol King inducted as a solo artist on top of her already uh, being inducted as songwriter into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a an LL Cool J also was inducted. Um, so yeah, uh, it was a fun show. Oh, and Tina Turner. So yeah, not all of the people listed in this story ended up making it, but. Pretty solid year for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think it's good that both Jay-Z and Foo Fighters got in on their first year, first of, eligibility, year of eligibility. Yeah. Goes to show you. Yep. That's not the first time this happened. It's actually classic for like somebody who's deserved it to just make it immediately. Right. So, Unlike the Baseball Hall of Fame, which we'll talk about in sports. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> in sports. Uh, not on this podcast, sports, however. No. Um, and then <laughs> we had uh, Taylor Swift's re-recording... <laughs> of fearless yeah <laughs> yeah so the, the 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 beginning of the re-recording adventure for taylor swift happened earlier this year with fearless over the course of the year she also released red taylor's version and yeah she uh made waves i don't know why this is <laughs> it made waves because of just the way she ended up doing it she uh, announced the From the Vault plans, yep. which is how she's basically branding songs that she had not recorded prior and uh, is releasing in its current new form, uh, reproduced in 2021. So, uh, yeah, um, overall, I think we were pretty impressed by both Fearless and Red's re-releases. I think we're more impressed with Red's re yeah, especially but, with the 10-minute version of yes. All Too Well. But, I mean, I mean that's going to be the story no matter what, because, hey... Guess what? Red is a better album than Fearless. Mm-hmm. So that was always going to be the case. But yeah, good for Taylor for like setting a new standard for the industry with this. And speaking of setting a new standard, right. the first of, I'm going to call another nomination here. Oh, yeah. Britney Spears Conservatorship. All right. So this was not the beginning of, more of a continuation of, right. from the end of last year. Which I don't think we named as our no. story of the year. No. But it was just a something to, to watch on. This year it truly came into its own. The saga of Britney and her conservatorship, specifically the relationship with her and her father, who at the time and for the bulk of the year was a uh, lead conservator, and basically calling all the shots for Britney, whether it be life decisions, or financial decisions. Over the course of the year, we had a court case. We had a documentary uh, documentary done by the New York Times that tried to evaluate the situation. We had a documentary also on Netflix that mm-hmm. also tried its hand at context, like contextualizing the whole occurrence. We had ups and downs, including the movement starting to go viral on Twitter, 
including the uh, his, her sister possibly becoming a conservator, which didn't end up panning out. We saw different lawyers come in and out of the case. And then ultimately we saw Brittany's father finally succumbing to the pressure and saying that he would step down voluntarily, but still be involved in some sort of financial way. But it all came to a close recently, last month, when at long last, the court decided in favor of Brittany and the conservatorship ended. With a, um, a tur- not attorney, accounted conservatorship right. on, on the finances. So, yeah. So ultimately what we have here is that the movement may have made a dent in what was already kind of going Brittany's way, but it really rushed the process and made it realize, no, we're all on her side. Like the people were on Brittany's side and the Free Brittany movement was everywhere. And you had it you know, start showing up on more and more uh, media venues like local news and um, other social networks and on late night shows. It became a movement, a really big movement throughout the year. And yes, through the ups and downs, we also got to learn more about Brittany the person. This new kind of lends into her life or lack thereof, the choices that she can't make as opposed to the choices she can make. It came into, like her whole career kind of became into context. We were able to reevaluate Brittany's career in a way that we hadn't uh, had really an opportunity to before. So yeah, I think it's easily uh, up there for story of the year this year. It's really made, it's really a comment, not just about Britney Spears. It becomes a conversation about conservatorships as a concept. It becomes conversations about fame and what the downsides of being famous when you're young are. And it becomes uh, the downsides of being having the public eye on you 24-7 as a celebrity and what that does to someone's psyche. I think this, all those conversations can be rolled into one and, and into this. And it really is an interesting portrait of what the music industry is now. So are we going to keep talking about Britney Spears every time it comes up? Uh, no, I think that <laughs> we can probably do that as the whole story right there. But yeah, I definitely think it should be considered uh, for the our, our top story of the year in music, for sure. All right. We also had the first of two streaming services going into a high-fidelity option. Yeah. Uh, first up was Spotify, um, adding a hi-fi option. Which still then, has not happened, by the way. Uh, at least announcing a hi-fi yeah. option. And then later, Apple Music announcing yes. its Dolby Atmos option. Yeah, uh, which ended up being, okay, it's fine. I don't love uh, how it sounds. I think your mileage will vary, depending on how much you appreciate 3D uh, like simulated surround sound. Um, but it's there if you want it on Apple products, which is which is nice. I think it also depends on how much on on your setup. It also uh, depends, yeah. Right now, headphone-wise, it only works on Apple-branded headphones. Right. So, And then while it may not be story of the year worthy, but at least personally story um, mentionable and close to the heart, Daft Punk. Yeah. Yeah, this Officially announced retirement. Yes. Uh, Walking away after... 30 years? Yeah, more or less. Uh, They're incredibly influential and popular. We don't have to tell you. If you've lived in the last 20 years, you've heard a Daft Punk song. Uh, Yeah, and just like the the legitimizing that they've, like the legitimization they did for electronic music. I mean, yeah, it's like if it wasn't for them, I think we would be a very different place with electronic than now. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, and the fact that they were able to call it quits, I mean, when they did, 
you know what? They earned it. They earned their retirement. I hope they have great lives, and it'll be too bad when they release another Tron movie. <laughs> we won't have a Daft Punk soundtrack. Nope, it'll probably be... Oh no! Who do they? Who do you get? You get Skrillex. Skr- no, 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 nothing. Dead Mouse. <laughs> marshmallow. Who's the dude? Yeah, team? Marshmallow. There you go. Tiesto. That's the answer. Tiesto. Yeah, I'd rather Tiesto than Marshmallow. Yes. That's for sure. The Chain Smokers. Oh, no. <laughs> getting worse and worse. All right. Baby, pull me over on the <laughs> light cycle coaster. <laughs> no. Never. No? <laughs> no. All right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this saga. Yeah. Uh, the guy we head into March, the Lady Gaga Dog Walker saga. Right. Yes. This ended up having a really depressing end. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, Lady Gaga's dogs got stolen um, because their dog, dog walker was shot while uh, strolling with robbers. It ended up that the people that trying to basically cover it up and said that they found it were related to the people who did it, and it ended up being a disaster. Right, and then in a follow-up to what I believe was our story of the year last year, bike dance, TikTok being sold, and TikTok just being huge everywhere. Right, this was kind of the story that looked like it was going to be big and then didn't become big, because Mm -hmm. it was basically who was going to end up buying it. Turns out, no one. No one is the answer, and TikTok, as a result, has had quite a year. They've become way bigger than anybody thought they were going to. They've essentially become another, um, another uh, like platform. social media platform as equal to your Instagrams and your Twitters. It's become a monster. They, they've replaced Snapchat. Oh yeah, everywhere definitely easily, easily. Uh, and are chasing down that those Instagram numbers now. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> we also had um, Winston Marshall, the banjo player in Mumford and Sons, right. officially taking time, stepping away. Following some maybe poorly thought out uh, comments on social media and uh, retweeting a, uh, a right wing writer uh, that had said some shitty stuff. Mm-hmm. It, interesting year for the Mumford and Sons. In a year where they didn't put out music, they were sure in the news a lot yeah. because with this story and also the Ted Lasso, yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! And every single time an Emmy was given out. Uh, it was a big it was a big year for the Mumford and Sons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, considering the Britney update. Sometimes I just hear that, yeah, in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah! yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. And then, Grammys. Because, it was, because we talked about the Grammys being pushed yeah. to, to March, we had the Grammys, where Billie Eilish won um, <laughs> for Record of the Year, for yeah. everything I wanted. As Basically, I mentioned, the Grammys doubling yeah. down on her from the previous year. Yep. And as I mentioned, Taylor Swift took home Album of the Year for Folklore. Uh, oh, sorry. Megan Thee Stallion was your best new artist. Yeah. Uh, her won for Song of the Year for I Can't yeah. Breathe. Um, other winners include Tiffany Haddish, Hilder Gontadotter, <laughs> Taika Waititi. Yeah. And No Time to Die. A movie that wasn't out yet at the time of this uh, at this ceremony. Yep. So, yeah. Um, it is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it was a fine Grammys. Like I said, it was interesting looking. Ultimately, it was no super surprises. But it also had the big, uh, the big record-breaking... Uh, 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 to, to Beyonce, Queen yeah, Bee. Beyonce ends up now uh, being the most winningest female Grammy artist. Tied now with Quincy Jones, although I think that now is now uh, in in debate because now Jay Z could 
past that if he wins the Grammy in the upcoming. Yep. So their powers combined, the two of them as a couple, they will be their record holders if he wins. Well, they're still um, the Hungarian British conductor. Yeah, 31. total 31. But. Yes. But that, I mean, he's done symphony orchestra, so they just keep giving him the winners. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Those were the Grammys. Yep. Um, also, performances by Taylor Swift. Yeah. Little Baby. Dua Lipa, levitating everywhere. Oh, yeah, and that performance of WAP. Of WAP. <laughs> Where you shake it on a bed. Yeah, they sure did. Yep. Uh, then we had um, potential album of the year contender. First dropping with Demi Lovato and yeah. revealing Dancing with the Devil. Yeah, Demi had a dot, year. Dot, dot, the art of starting over. Demi had quite a year. Uh, they put out an album alongside a special and got really, really open about their last few years and how wild their life kind of got with rehab and the subsequent after rehab relapse and just like, and the fact that they have, they um, they decided that, or they um, determined that they were going to switch to they them pronouns, just Demi had quite a year, is what I have to say. And you know what? You know they have their fans. I am, I guess, a little bit more like forgiving than maybe you and Christy are towards Demi, <laughs> but. It seems like yeah. Oh, it's it's a friend of the show. Yes, Christy is also kind of anti Demi lately, and I'm like, you know what? They're fine. They're go. They went through something. They wanted to come out on the other end saying something about it. That's all I. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so yeah, shout out to Demi, I guess. You can shout out to Demi, (laughs) but no one shouts out to Morgan Wallen. (laughs) Oh God, no. We already talked about him. Let's skip that. Oh, a continuing story of Morgan Wallen on the billboard. Yeah. All right, what else do we got? What else do we have that happened in March? Uh, indie label Secretly Group launches yeah. Union. Calls it a union. Right, yeah, a little union of some of the more famous uh, indie labels like Jack Jaguar, Dead Oceans, and Ghostly ended up doing a union, which is cute, and I'm glad that that's worked out for them. Yep, uh, there's Demi Lovato coming out as pansexual. Yep, and, and Lil Nas X releases Montero video. Oh, yeah, which made a huge deal, not only because the video kind of riled up some of the more conservative uh, people. What, but also the double lap dance isn't, like, no, acceptable? It would later go on to win the VMA for Music Video of the Year uh, through MTV. Yep. Uh, but also, this was when the story about the blood-infused Nikes uh, came out, that Nike themselves had to get out against. Yes. Um, which, yeah, was ridiculous. Yep. And then, whatever this yeah. is... <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, we have one of the sad stories of the year. DMX. DMX. Into a coma. And then later uh, passed away as a result of this. Um, yeah, definitely a big loss uh, loss in the music world uh, for the year. Yep. So that's not a big loss, but continues yeah. to be a big turd. Twitter <laughs> broad. Yeah, continues being a thing. He ended up doing business, uh, mer- merging his big hit entertainment with... Uh, with Hybe, H-Y-B-E, which is a big um, South Korean South pop, Korean pop uh, entity. And yeah, Braun will now join the board there. Scott Bruschetta, also uh, working with Scooter Braun, will remain CEO of Big Machine Label Group. And they're going to work together to uh, get Hybe's artists, I guess, stronger here in the United States. And yeah, it goes into an ar- overall theme this year of, hey, Korean shit's getting hotter and hotter. Uh, yeah. We're getting into... Um, Korean uh, imports being like the next big thing. 
I mean, we saw it with BTS. We yeah. saw it in movies with Parasite. We saw it in TV with, with Squid, Squid Game. Game. Yeah, and it's just going to keep happening. Yep. So get ready. Um, kind of like that whole like in the early two thousands when Japanese yeah, culture late nineties and early two thousands when you saw the Pokemon influx and all the stuff that followed it. A lot more anime. Yep. Yeah. Happening again. The wave is coming. The wave is coming. Yep. Uh, speaking of things that are coming, yeah, uh, Marshmallow was also, <laughs> speaking of Marshmallow, yeah, speaking of Marshmallow, um, he, a judge had rejected a copyright lawsuit yeah. claiming that his song Happier infringed on an earlier song. Yeah, it turns out that this was, uh, invo- involved was Richard Bush, the attorney who represented Marvin Gaye in that famous Blurred Lines case, which is the only reason why we keep bringing these stories up, yep. is because since then... These have been highly contentious about what is the line between copyright infringement in songwriting. So this one ended up being kind of a non-issue. Uh, Artie was paid up front, gave up any royalties for it, so it ended up not mattering for Marshmallow in the end. But still, yeah. interesting. And I guess here's where we can retract our statement. Um, <laughs> made back in March about yeah. Casey Musgraves' upcoming album being our preemptively Album of the Year award. So here's what I have to say about uh, about uh, Starcross. About Starcross. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later because I think it might be on your list somewhere. Yes. But what I will say about Starcross, I don't think it's a bad album. I think it's enjoyable. I think it's well produced. It's just following Golden Hour. You can't. Follow Golden Hour is the problem, and I think that if we had ex- if we had maybe checked our expectations a little bit, we may have been able to realize that. But I feel like Golden Hour is lightning in a bottle, and maybe she'll be able to do it sometime in the future again. But she didn't do it with Starcross. It's a different vibe. It's a different kind of record, and I think she intended it to be different. The subject matter is different enough that there was no way it was going to elicit the same kind of warm fuzzies that Golden Hour does so effectively. Right. Well, Golden Hour was all about love and being in love. We yeah. knew going into it that Star the upcoming Starcrossed album was going to be about heartbreak and loss. And yeah, <sighs> I mean, we'll talk about it more later. Yeah. But but yes, uh, ended up maybe not being the thing we wanted it to be. But it was still um, still Casey Musgraves, and so thus still very good. Yeah. Um, we had Billie Eilish dropping her new blonde look. As well as her second <laughs> full-length album, titled Happier Than Ever. Yeah. Which uh, also ended up kind of being a little bit of a disappointment for people. Yeah, depending on where you landed on that. I, I think I ended up a little hotter on it most, than most people did. Right. Um, and then a continued Britney update. Yeah. She was able to speak for herself, uh, mm-hmm. finally, and was able to say that she did not want the conservatorship to continue. Yep. Uh, but in the, in the beginning of May, we had the Grammys following its awards yes come out and speak changes about changes being made yeah this basically said that uh the that the instead of having committees secret committees that were not disclosed to the voters about how they were put together they would remove all of that and just do straight up um voting for those fields uh which and which we ended up seeing um yeah. earlier i'm sorry lot the previous month when yeah. the nominations were announced um, in November, and a lot of the hits were actually dominated yeah. for Album of the Year and Song of the Year. It does seem to have made a big, uh, big uh, change because they also expanded those big four categories into ten nominees on top mm-hmm. of this change, 
which meant a lot of stuff that would not have been uh, considered otherwise is considered this year. And hopefully that'll mean a more accurate and uh, uh, maybe the winners will make more sense than they typically do this time. Yeah. Except not for the weekend. Yes, he will still not be at the Grammys. He's still boycotting them. This time, though, on his own volition, as part of his boycott, he did not submit his own music Mm -hmm. to the Grammys this year. So his music is not nominated. That being said, he is up for some Grammys because of featured... uh, Features that he did on other people's songs. Right. Um, yep. And then we have um, the Rock and Roll Hall yep. of Fame inductees. We've talked about those. We talked about. We talked about the uh, upcoming, uh, the Lady Gaga dog mapping update yeah. as well. What um, else do we got? Well, the Save Our Stages story was kind of a reoccurring story. Uh, kind of the seeds were planted at the end of last year with Biden talking about what he had planned on doing. Uh, going forward for COVID bills. Mm-hmm. And it ended up actually happening, but not maybe in the wide scale that we wanted it to. There were applications for federal aid from independent venues that the Save Our Stages did actually submit money to, but that didn't keep a lot of smaller indie venues from closing. They were all struggling, and a lot of venues, including a local Anaheim joint uh, chain reaction, had to shut down. Mm-hmm. And you saw that kind of happening in a lot of cases. That being said, live music did eventually restart, and you do have tours. Uh, tours started popping up around April of last year and going through the summer, um, and to this day, yeah, or, or this year, I mean, and you, to this day, you still have a pretty, uh, pretty strong, or at least stronger tour and concert schedule than you did. But um, yeah, so the Sarah stages, great in concept, didn't quite hit the number that they wanted to, to hit. But if anything, touring musicians are at least realistically back on the road yep um and then with coachella not happening in um may yep we did get the first of the big concerts coming back the big festivals in Lollapalooza for 2021 and the good news is it worked thanks to thanks to a decision in the meantime that was to require vaccines for all attendees, or proof of a negative test within the last 72 hours. Both of those things ended up leaving very, very few to contract COVID at the concert. I think out of 100,000 uh, of sort of like people, the only like eight people pa- uh, tested positive after the concert. Yep. So the percentage there is pretty, pretty good. Um, so yeah, it ended up saying that, yeah, turns out vaccines work. What do you know? What do you know? Science. <laughs> Science. Yep. And then we also had Apple uh, stuff. Uh, announcing the Amazon stuff, as well as Amazon announcing um, uh, Amazon Music HD for its stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had the Eurovision uh, winner, right. the Italian heavy metal band, <laughs> Mainskin. Yes. Winning uh, the <laughs> crown. Which, weirdly enough, ended up having a surprisingly good 2021 here in the States. They ended up having a huge single on rock radio that was a cover of Beggin. Do you remember that song? Yeah. It is everywhere now. Wait, is this that band? That is this band. Yes. Oh. And they are doing a United States tour at the moment. <laughs> they were big. Uh, they, they played on the um, in the EMAs uh, that just recently happened on MTV in Europe. Um, they will likely not go away for the time being because they are apparently making a huge... Uh, a huge dent on the on uh, the rock charts. So there you go. Eurovision has paid off again. Yep. Uh, which um, 
with their win marks the third for the country of Italy. Yeah. The first since 1990, which means next year <laughs> it's going to be in Italy. <laughs> Get ready. Yep. Uh, and then there were some more Grammy changes being announced by yeah. the Courting Academy. Um, specifically with producers and credits right. and songwriters. It kind of got into the weeds. Where the eligibility bit. kind of <laughs> passes. Also, the percentage of newly recorded material required for an album to be eligible for the Grammys was raised to from 50 to 75% recorded in the last five years, which, of course, I know what you're thinking, means that Taylor, even if Taylor Swift wanted to consider those, she would have to make sure that the Academy knew that it was all re-recorded. Mm-hmm. That's it. So it's going to be trickier for artists to put out older things that have been sitting on the shelf. Yep. Uh, same with like Adele, who takes like <laughs> six years between albums to put something out. So yeah, but it probably won't affect most people. Yep. Oh, then we get into summer with yes. June. Um, and Adam Levine being in the Paw Patrol movie. <laughs> yeah, that ended up happening. Yep. Uh, as well as Lord leaking her uh-huh. album tracks. Speaking of albums that disappointed a lot of people, yes. didn't Solar Power come and go? Who? No oh. one is talking about Solar yeah, Power. The anymore. song came and went, but yeah. that image lasts forever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always have the album cover, you're we'll right. We'll always have the album cover. But yeah, uh, yeah, Lord ended up kind of not making that much of a splash with both the song and the album Solar Power, as much as maybe we thought she would. But I think, again, there's a little bit of the Golden Hour problem here. Because after you put out something like melodrama, it's a hard act to follow. So, oh well. Yep. Um, real briefly, someone watched uh, Eurovision <laughs> and decided, hey, why don't we just do that in America? So that may be coming, involving all 50 states sometime this next American year. American Song Contest on NBC. So maybe look for that next year. Yep. Uh, Lollapalooza was giving away tickets yeah. to the center to get people to get vaccinated. Yeah. I wonder how that went. And Scooter Braun says that he regrets how the purchase of Big Machine <laughs> went down. Yeah. So technically tried to apologize, I guess, in a way, uh, to Taylor. But Taylor uh, put out a statement shortly after that she disagreed with his statement about how that went down. Yep. Uh, and then we had our first inklings of the Beatles documentary, getting Get Back, uh, being extended from a movie into a, quote, mini-series, which right. we now know. Yes. Is three episodes, yes, totaling six hours which, of footage. Which, even though this is some heavy music content, put a bookmark in this for the television wrap-up <laughs> show because we will have things to say about Get Back. Yes. Um, also, um, in a little bit of bits here news, Mark Hoppus of Blink One Eighty Two announced that he had cancer. Right. Yes. And then later announced that he was in remission from cancer. Right. Well. Thankfully, he was able to get on the other side of it. But yeah, it looked pretty re- uh, pr- pretty bad at the time, um, and yeah, uh, our hearts went out to him. Yep. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> We're not laughing at that. We're laughing at the next story, which yes, back to the Mumford and Sons story. <laughs> Winston Marshall ended up apologizing, and then ended up taking back that apology <laughs> because of all the right pe- right wing people he made happy were now mad that he was apologizing. Yep, and then he decided to quit the band right. and disappear. <laughs> yep, which good for him. Yep. Alright, so uh, talked about this already. Yep. Um, Amazon introduced its Vinyl of the Month Club. Yeah. As well, a Halsey's Best Album, produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yes, we'll talk about that more later. We'll talk about that later. As well as more Britney updates. 
Yes, we we pretty much wrapped that up. Yep. Uh, Roblox updates. Oh yeah, we had the recurring story of Olivia Rodrigo adding more and more people <laughs> to the writing credits on Sour. So, so yeah, Sour came out. Yeah, one of the recurring stories of the year was the success of Olivia Rodrigo with her album Sour and songs like Good For You and Driver's License. But yeah, one of the recurring things that kept happening is as more and more people pointed out similarities between her songs and other artists' songs, she added people to her songwriting credits. This included Taylor Swift, who was added to was already on the song One Step Forward, Three Steps Back with the, um, uh, the, the piano line from Taylor's New Year's Day, but also later added her on um, Good For You for inspiration for the... Or not Good For You, a Deja Vu for the, cora, for the inspiration for the bridge of Deja Vu. But she uh, added Haley Williams to Good For yes, You. Yes, and she added Haley Williams a Paramore later to Good For You because of its similarity to Misery Business. So yeah, just if you're not on Olivia Rodrigo's writing credits, then that makes uh, less of you than the ones who are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Cruel Summer added. Yeah, that the was the bridge of Deja Vu influence. So yeah, uh, so Taylor Swift technically will be another will win a Grammy. A Grammy <laughs> if uh, uh, if Olivia, Olivia wins certain Grammys. Yep. So we'll see what happens. So Olivia or so Taylor can <laughs> try and catch uh, right. Beyonce. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, TikTok there was a market research done about TikTok's influence on the billboard yeah which turned out to be 100% right but although you didn't really need a market research to decide yeah. that by the way did you know uh, you may have seen this recently on Facebook so I logged into my Facebook after a long time not seeing it and we know somebody apparently through somebody who is on the Forbes 30 under 30 this year. Oh, yeah, we know. And yeah, and they apparently are responsible for some of this business. Yep. <laughs> I looked at LinkedIn and apparently uh, what our, our uh, friend of a our sibling of a friend is responsible for a certain major labels TikTok research being yep. as prominent as it is. And apparently has done so much work in the field that they're being credited for it. Yeah. <laughs> 30 under 30. So I, 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 I told Christy, I referred to this person as, oh, I guess they're their they're, they're, uh, TikTok whisperer. <laughs> so yeah, apparently TikTok uh, is a really good way of predicting uh, song performance, turns out. Yeah, um, we have a speed dial to her song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird, right? Yeah, weird. That definitely caught me off guard. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Um, oh, Oh, I'll add this understory of the year. Yeah? The baby. Oh, Jesus. Well, this wasn't... This okay, disappointment of the year. One of the baby. Of the year. So, the baby. We were just talking about the, uh, the Mumford and Son guy and apologizing for apologizing, but nobody apologized for apologizing like the baby this year. Uh, who did and did and did and didn't apologize. So, yeah, he made homophobic comments at the Rolling Loud Festival, was shortly then taken off of everything, concert appearances... Um, et cetera, et cetera, for a while, end up basically saying a statement that did not apologize at all, end up then trying to apologize, then pulled that statement as well, and has just been basically left in this weird zone, ultimately culminating in Kanye West, another person who has said some questionable things in the past, inviting him and no, an alleged sexual assaulter, uh, Marilyn Manson, on stage with him. Um, Not only on stage with him, but on the, on the album, album Donda. On his, 
Grammy-nominated yeah. album. So, needless to say, DaBaby made some choices this year, and so we can finally say, out of the babies, Lil Baby ends up being the better baby than DaBaby. <laughs> we have a winner, everybody. And it is... Lil Baby. There it is. That's what I wanted to hear. That's what you wanted to hear. Definitely so. <laughs> <laughs> not DaBaby. Nobody cares about him anymore. We try not to, because update, you've been yeah. dropped. <laughs> right. We pretty much just peer off the face of the earth after that. Yep. Uh, Speaking of people who disappeared off the face of the earth, uh, Pete Parada of yeah. The Offspring, you know, the drummer for The Offspring. Yep, he uh, basically stopped, uh, he was uh, quit, or I guess fired from the group because he won't get the vaccine. So they moved forward without him. Yep, saying, okay, if you're not going to get it, Too bad. then uh, we'll find someone else. Bye, get out of the band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we the VMA nominations, which, yeah, as we mentioned, yeah, Lil Nas yeah. X kind of yeah, kind of swept. Yep. Um, new mandates regarding Coachella and Stagecoach, yep. as well as yep. an Insane Clown Posse farewell yep. tour. Yep. So Insane Cl- Clown Posse said that they're going to have their last tour after Violent J is having heart yeah, issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we had the baby. From Nirvana, <laughs> the baby, but the baby, the baby from the Nirvana Nevermind cover, suing the band over quote child pornography unquote. Obviously, that will go nowhere. Yep. Uh, also, we had Kanye West ch- legally changing his name to Yay. I think that did happen, but I don't think anybody is actually calling him that. No, everyone still calls him Kanye, yeah, and everybody's going to call him calling Kanye. Yeah. Uh, and uh, everybody canceled the tour uh, for 2021 after this. Yep. They had Florida July canceled, BTS yeah. canceled, Nine Inch Nails canceled, Garth Brooks canceled. Um, just tours were canceling left and right as, like we said, the new variant was on yeah. the rise. And then now we're in Om- Omicron? Omicron yeah, now now we have another one on the horizon that we now have to yep, You know, they just keep popping up because they keep people. finding new hosts yeah. to, <laughs> to mutate it. Because people won't get vaccinated! Anyway. Are you off the soapbox? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the Bonnaroo got canceled as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no surprise there. No surprise there. Oh, Britney updates yep, as well. Still is happening there. We'll t- again. We talked about yep, that. Yep, and perhaps a final yeah. Britney update. <laughs> kind of was. It kind of wasn't. Yep. Oh, we have ABBA coming back. <laughs> yeah, this is a big story in twenty twenty one. They number one album. They did. The they came back, released a couple of pre album singles, and ended up new, releasing a new album, which I still have to listen to. Um, and yeah, and they have now a twenty twenty two tour on the books. In which they will appear as a virtual version of their younger selves yep. on stage. So look forward to that. Uh, so we talked about Dub Baby and also Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Tied in with Kanye as well. And then, oh, R.E.M. decided to break up. Well, no, they broke up ten years ago. Yeah. It was a slow news week that week, and so I decided to do that as a story. Yeah. <laughs> Just to they basically said that they were never going to get back together. Yes. Ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, oh, oh, speaking of bad people, R. R. Kelly finally got his comeuppance. After the decades-long schemes to recruit women for and underage girls. He was finally sentenced. Finally guilty found guilty. Of all nine counts of racketeering and sex, tra- sex trafficking charges. Yep, uh, but won't be sentenced until May 4th of next year, yeah. when we'll get the actual number of years he'll be behind bars. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Anyway. Uh, oh, and then just in September was when Britney's father was officially removed from the conservatorship. Right, right. So, yeah, it was literally all year. Yep. 
all year long. Um, yep. You uh, at following that decision, YouTube uh, bans R. Kelly's channel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, beginning in October, the first of Adele's new songs, yeah. her single yeah. "Easy on Me." Yeah. Uh, we also know who's going to be performing at the upcoming Super Bowl yeah. halftime show. And it's in loaded. Los it's a loaded slate. But it's going to be in Los Angeles. Yep. We have Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Goes to show you how uh, much bounced back Dr. Dre is yep. after the year he started. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, considering that when he's been forward, it'll be one year from his birthday. Yeah, it's saying a lot. Yep. Then we had uh, some Grammys updates. This so This actually ended up sort of not being the case. We had heard that Casey Musgraves' Starcrossed had been ruled ineligible by the Academy to compete in the country category. That ended up being only half true. It does not show up in country album, but it's single, one of the singles does show up in a country, country song, song uh, category, which makes it seem like, and she is not in any of the pop, song, pop yeah. categories. So it seems like they had to make some sort of call and they ended up thinking, actually, this doesn't qualify for anything. <laughs> Actually, we want her to show up somewhere. At yeah. least. Please show up to the uh, uh, award ceremony. Please show up, Casey, please. <laughs> uh, yep. And then Adele announced that 30 would be on its yep. way, which, funny enough, forced Taylor Swift to right. move up her version of Red, Taylor's version, up a week. Thus, yeah, you had uh, two back-to-back weeks. Which then forced... Um, and Sharon to move his up. Equals. Yeah, it's just a disaster. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Adele, yeah, yeah, the single "Easy on Me" decided to break records everywhere. immediately. Immediately, it decided. Yes, it was like I'm going to break records. <laughs> all I did to break records, it created all. It was the easy on it. It didn't have to do much. It was pretty easy on it. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. Yep. We also had the lead singer of Smash Mouth retiring after his public appearance. Jeez, people need to stop making bad comments in public a concert. Don't, don't they know they're all being recorded now? <laughs> Everybody has their phone up. Everyone knows they're being recorded. <laughs> uh, we also have Coachella's lineup being officially revealed, at least the headliners. With Swedish House Mafia coming back from retirement. Yep, to join uh, Rage Against the Machine and Travis Scott. Yeah, that's... Uh, so the Swedish House Mafia <laughs> was taking over the Frank Ocean, Yeah, I believe, um, headliner. Uh, yeah, if we're to note that maybe there's an asterisk around Travis Scott now because of some things that happened later in the year. Yep. We'll um, get there, we'll get there. Yep. And then in good music bits... The Grand Ole Opry celebrated its 5,000th weekly yeah. show, um, the generation-spanning showcase. And that's just the televised ones. They have plenty that have not been televised as well. Just storied, storied, storied venue and show and your generations of country artists. Yep, and a 5,000 number that we hope to reach someday. <laughs> yeah, someday. Uh, then we have the AMA's nominations, yeah. where Olivia Rodrigo and The Weeknd leading those nominations. Yeah. And hey, Bad Bunny as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And then we get into November, where it was revealed about Adele and her vinyl sales. Right, yes. We don't need to go into it again, but a short story is, is that these giant labels have the ability to basically say, no, we need this entire factory for all these Adele records. And that means that smaller labels just get, unfortunately, the short end of the stick on that. And you have back orders upon back orders for smaller records. Yep. But it did lead to Adele 
breaking and shattering more records as she ends up now with the best-selling record of 2021, even after just less than one month in its, of its release. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Travis Scott, yeah, here we get into the tragedy that is Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival. Yeah. Can we put this up as a story of the year, even though it only happened like last month? It definitely is is potentially a, an important story going forward because I think this will be hopefully make some changes going forward with how uh, concert safety is taken, how seriously it's taken. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, um, it ended up being we have eight here, but it ended up being ten or eleven total dead, I believe, after uh, after some after the aftermath of this uh, event. Seeing people were trampled because of um, just because of just chaos and like in the audience. So. Yeah, just uh, everybody in, involved could have done better. I think that the venue could have done better. I think your fellow concert goer could have done better. And Travis Scott could have done better and ended the show instead of continuing the performance. Everybody involved has learned, hopefully, from this experience. And yeah, just, hey, keep an eye out on people. Make sure you're prepared for something like this. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's a bad scene. Nobody should die when they go to see their favorite artist at a concert. That should be... Easy thing no one to say. should feel like, threatened. No, no one should fear for their safety. No one at a should concert. be in danger at a concert. And mm-hmm. so this stuff has got to change. Yep. Um, and then it happened. It happened. We were talking about it all year. Um, the culmination of what felt like years of covering this story. Yeah. yeah. Officially came to an end as Britney Spears' conservatorship. Terminated after 13 years. Yeah. So Brittany is, by all counts, freed. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll await her next moves now that she gets to call her own shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had more kind of aftermath of the Astroworld stuff. Yep, as, about. yep as our world stuff came yeah. out and more people um, resulted in deaths and injuries. And then we had a, a quick story about iHeartMedia changing all of its songs to Taylor's versions. Yeah, all the Taylor Swift songs. Not all of its songs. That'd be really funny. But yeah, Taylor it's just Swift Taylor singing every song. Sings everything now. <laughs> all Taylor, all the time. Um, but no, uh, they decided that they would go with the Taylor's versions of any of her singles instead of the originals, if available. And then the Grammy nominations came out. Uh, this is coming really recent. Uh, yep. With uh, Olivia Rodrigo being the big uh, possible winner in all four of the major categories. Yep, uh, John Batiste. And John Batiste leading the nominees. With 11 nominations. Yeah, it could be a big night for Olivia and Billie Eilish and Lil Nas X as they're all nominated several, several times. Yep. Could be good. Could be good, but we will talk about that when the actual Grammys arrive yeah. in February. Yep, yep, yep. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, going into what we talked about this most recent podcast with Adele setting up a Vegas residency mm-hmm. and the year end uh, Spotify saying Bad Bunny is the most listened to artist worldwide for the second year in a row. Yep. All right. That's it. So that's it. 2021. So that's 2021 music wrap up. Yeah. So. Weird year. Weird year. Started with like. COVID kind of making everything a little weird. Everyone was still in COVID. People were still waiting for vaccines to actually go out and do concerts. It was a slow rise where concerts started kind of trickling in. And then the variant started, so concerts ended. <laughs> ended again. But when then we had to start again. We to start up with uh, Lollapalooza. Yeah. And then 
yeah. It's so. kind of been a short, like, little steps, it's like stops and starts. Little uh, half steps everywhere. But the one uniting factor that kept the year together was people saying racist and ignorant shit. No, I mean Britney Spears. <laughs> Britney Spears, I, don't I think. Know. I like that video story. That's also a really good story, but I feel like there's no way this story of the year is not Britney. This, like we said, we covered it every single month of this show. There was constantly something happening with that case, whether it's somebody changing... Well, like, not only that, but we started covering this in 2016, I mean, 2017? A, a long time coming. But I think what it's done is, like I kind of mentioned before, it's started a wider conversation of what is a conservatorship? Like, why does this matter? This affects more people than just Britney, and it's good that we now are shining a light on it, because this could set precedent moving forward on other conservatorships cases. Also, like I mentioned before, it says a lot about fame and celebrity in the music industry and how it uses and kind of abuses its, uh, its, the people that come up in it. And about like how like mental health can take a toll when it comes to being in the limelight and being in the forefront of, 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 like, of the paparazzi and fan interactions constantly. And yeah, if you're not person in control in these scenarios, it can really bring you down into a very vulnerable space. And that's exactly what we've seen with Britney. It's like, she's not the same person she used to be because she was basically like locked into a box and told her she couldn't be. So yeah, um, I think this is, has to be the story of the year. We talked about the most of everything. It was an arc as a clear, like there was, there's a clear end to it. Clear, like (laughs) there was a clear arc to it where it looked like this was never going to change. It looked like there was some possibility that maybe some things were loosening. And then you have the big victory where it was like, all right, we finally did it. Thanks to, you know, social media. Thanks to the fans. Thanks to people just seeing where she was coming from. Finally hearing her speak for herself, what she wants as a human being and giving her an opportunity to have her life back. Unfortunately, we can't say the the same thing about Morgan Wallen. No, no, we can't. Nope. (laughs) Even though that... No one else apparently... that his album just constantly being yeah. up there though. It was anno- it was an annoyance. It was kind of like the <laughs> the yin to Britney's yang, or vice versa. So uh, I think this story has to be Britney. Although yes, I think runner up can be. Man, people said some stupid shit on stage this year. <laughs> Uh, music got involved in politics. No, I mean it always has been. And but, just voicing yeah. their opinions and yeah. But yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully, yeah, I think that this Britney story ends up being a positive one, I think, by the end of all of it. And yeah, if we can go into the year 2022 with a positive outlook on these things, I think we're doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Since our video game story is going to be such a bummer, <laughs> we might as well have a positive <laughs> one, at least one of these. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's I think it's Britney. Unless you have another story you'd rather. No, Britney, like I said, <laughs> Britney was like every month. Yeah. There, there was yeah. at least a Britney story. Like this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. It was truly the gift that kept on giving. And unfortunately, like that golden goose has eh. been plugged But again, out. the next part is even more exciting. What does Britney Spears do next? Does she go back to Vegas? Does she record a new album? Mm-hmm. Does she just be a mom for a while? I don't know. She has so many options, so many things she could do with her life. Her career is only beginning again. Like, she's going to have a little a bit of a renaissance because of this. And, yeah, I'm fascinated to see what happens. Renew Britney. Yes, exactly. Hashtag. Hashtag renew Britney. All right. All right. So, 
the Britney Spears conservatorship and the hashtag free Britney movement is the music story to the media boat podcast of 2021. We didn't have to tell you that. You already figured it out. Yep. Just by the <laughs> bring yes. it up every, every week. But that means that we have arrived in the second half of this show, this wrap up, which is the fun part. We can talk about our top five albums of the year the and stuff then choose. that we actually want to talk about yeah and then ultimately choose one album that is our favorite media boat podcast album of the year i guess since the last recording that you went first i guess i'll go first for this one okay get ready to hear a bunch of things that you've never heard before what actually that's not true you have heard of at least two of these so uh, <laughs> over the course of the year we listened to 64 64- <laughs> Albums, yeah, so, and that's not, and that's only including the ones we talked about on the show. There's a lot more that I listened to, and sure you listened to, that we did not have time to talk about. Right, these are all albums that came out this year, however. Right, yes, because a lot of other albums that we that I feel I definitely listened yes. to that didn't come out this year. So, editor's note: we are not including <laughs> Fearless Taylor's version or Red Taylor's version on these lists because they are technically re-releases of albums that came out before. If we were doing singles, I would consider the new From the Vault releases. In fact, if you answer what my number one song of the year, it is, of course, all too well, parentheses, uh, 10 minute version, parentheses, From the Vault, parentheses, Taylor's version. I may have gotten that order wrong. No, that's right. <laughs> but because album is mostly re-recorded, like, uh, re-recorded songs, then it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So they are not eligible for our top fives or our no, top one. That'd be too easy, anyways. Just giving it to Red. Anyway, <laughs> that'd probably be it. So, okay, I will say our uh, honor uh, honorary. Um, oh, we'll get to the special mention later. Yeah. Is, but first, is Red Taylor's version. We need to talk about what you actually listen to, what you continue to listen to. Yes. So, my top five. I will start at the very bottom here. Top uh, the number five, but this is probably the strongest number five I've had in a long, long time. This was a very hard year for me to choose. A lot of records that I thought would make it did not make the top 10 even when I thought they were going to make a top 5 earlier in the year. So if I don't mention someone, just know it was nothing against them. It just they didn't fit. It was too stacked of a year. So at number 5, it's something that I actually think you should listen to. Because, hey, I know you like Dua Lipa. What if I told you that there was a band out there that was making sound, songs that sound kind of like the dance music that Dua Lipa is making, but got really into, like, the like Y2K era like vibes and also had moments where they were digging into like songs that sounded like ABBA and one song that even sounds like Grimes for some reason. Hmm. The band is called Magdalena Bay and it's an album called Mercurial World. This thing is my number five because it came out of nowhere and surprised the shit out of me. I heard one single that sold me immediately. It was just this really building rhythm that just kind of took took. Like, like, just kept building and building and then just crushed it in a really awesome way. And I was like, okay, you guys are on my, on my, uh, on my, uh, radar. I'll check your, check out your record when it came out. And it's just, it's a fun dance party of a record. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, I just want to have a party in my headphones for a while. Put this thing on. And like I said, it hits enough of those different generations of kind of dance that it's fun throughout. And it does enough different interesting stuff that you're, like, constantly being surprised by it. But yeah, I had never heard of them until this year. Uh, they're really cool and yeah, just like fun, airy vocals combined with really driving dance beats. Just a fun time, just a party. 
So yeah, that's definitely a really good, strong number five for me. All right. Moving into number number four, four, your homework, which you never did. (laughs) That will you want me to continue listening to. And I still think you would really like, and I'm trying to, I'm going to try to sell you on it again, is Churches, (laughs) their album Screen Violence. This thing, I did not expect for it to be a top five record for me. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but it became an instant favorite. It is churches working on its strengths. They're a band that is like this like electric kind of pop band that um, has been around for about a decade now. But they've always been very like like airing on the more poppy side of electronic music. But this is them really expanding that palette. Like there there are songs that have acoustic guitar here. There are songs that are going for going for like a like a. I don't know, like a more ballady angle. There's songs that are trying, like, have a little fun little, like, I don't even know how to describe it. But all while having a concept or sorts of horror movies, using horror movies as a palette. Like, there's a lot of references to film terms, like, like final cuts. Like, there's one song called The Final Girl, where she's saying, like, in that cliche in horror movies. Mm-hmm. There, uh, uh, Robert Smith of The Cure shows up in one of the singles. And it's the best song on the record, weirdly enough. And on top of all that, it's also an opportunity for the singer, uh, Lauren Mayberry, to talk about her personal experiences as being a prominent woman in music. There are songs about, about like, mistreatment, about, about how she feels when people, like, when she has conversations with men in the industry. Okay. It's, there's a lot, there's some deep material. There's songs about her own struggle with depression and, like, uh, suicidal ideation here. There's like some deep content uh, content in this thing, but also enough fun, great, like fun, catchy hooks to, for it to be a fun time. It's a fascinating record. I think it's one of the best things they've done since their debut. I think if you lapsed on them after the last record, which was so-so, um, this is definitely a return to form, and I think they're in great form here. Um, and if you've never listened to Churches, this is a perfect jumping off point. There's really accessible music here. I think that you would have a good time with this record, too. You keep trying to get me to listen you to this You gotta album. try it. I'm telling you. You'd have fun with it. All right. Moving to number three. Here is something that you've never heard of. <laughs> okay. All right. What if I t- told you about a band that's it's like a post-rock kind of indie rock kind of sound, but on top of it is a woman not necessarily doing uh, poetry, but kind of just talking about whatever is on her mind. Like, maybe it's just like... Like spoken word? Kind of spoken word adjacent, yeah. And you would think that those things would maybe clash a little bit. But what if I told you they worked perfectly? Well, the band is called Dry Cleaning. And the album is called New Long Leg. And it's one of my favorite things I've heard all year. It's really cool. Those two things that seem like they would not work, work together in a peanut butter and jelly kind of way. Uh, I think it's a really cool sounding record. When the band wants to go into hyperdrive, they do. There's one song called Her Hippo that doesn't make any sense lyrically, but there is a guitar solo that just rips at the end of this thing. And there's just so many cool little sonic moments. And also, it's just fun to hear like what kind of different places these lyrics will go. You never quite know where she's going to go. Some of it is more abstract, but some of it is also personal, kind of in the same way that the Church's record gets. There's one song where she's talking about kind of her experience in the um, in the like as a woman in the music industry, 
And it gives her kind of an ability, but in that same kind of talky spoken word kind of approach. And it reminds me of a band that's now, I guess, 20 years old, uh, Life Without Buildings, which also had a similar kind of arty approach where the woman was doing kind of like more kind of uh, more free kind of poetry kind of thing as opposed to singing per se. Same kind of thing here, but this is more of a driving kind of rock sound. But yeah, I had a really good time. It was a big surprise for me uh, too this year. And uh, yeah, easy, easy number three on this list. Then with the top two, I I want to give number one to both of these records, but I just couldn't do it. I had to delineate You'd a one and a two. Technically this is one A and one B. Kind of, but for all intents and purposes, this is number two. And it is Halsey with If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. This thing just blew my socks off when the first time I listened to it. I had no expectations for it. I'm not a Halsey fan. In fact, I could even say I was kind of anti-Halsey for a very long time. I never really liked her early singles. I thought that that new Americana song was really stupid when it first came out. And obviously the uh, her song with the Chainsmokers being literally everywhere. You couldn't get away from Closer for such a long time. I was like, uh, yeah, I guess she has an interesting voice, voice, but what's next from Halsey? Like, what, what is she going to do? Well, call me sold, because this thing sold me from the first three tracks. Well, I tried to sell you on her previous album. Yeah, and you know what? I did have an okay time with it, but I wasn't absolutely on board as I am with this thing. This thing is such a big swing, and working with uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross really brings out the creativity and the talent, I think, that she... I guess I should say that she goes either by she or they pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, ha- like it really shows off talent that Halsey has. It just like because even though you do hear that Nine Inch Nails kind of vibe in a lot of these songs, especially "I'm Not a Woman, I'm a God," which takes a lot of cues from Nine Inch Nails' song, also called "Closer." Not to be confusing here, right. <laughs> but like, but yeah. Um, there's, but it also shows that, no, she's actually writing from her perspective here. Yet another record on my list that is really personal. It's really stories, in Halsey's case, about being a recent mother, and about motherhood, and about postpartum feels feelings, and about like that relationship she has with her new child. And yeah, it's, it's quite a heavy record at times, but also, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Like, with the just head-banging, uh, easier-than-lying, with the cool like R&B vibes of Lilith, with the, like, really wild, like, distorted guitar of uh, The Lighthouse. And, of course, I Am Not a Woman, I'm a God, which is just a driving electronic number that I just swear to God in an alternate timeline would have been a number one single. Mm-hmm. I know it would have been. <laughs> I'm still right in some other universe. <laughs> but, yeah, it's such a good record. I didn't expect it to be as good as it is. And, yeah, I, I knew as soon as I saw it, I was like, all right, this is going on my list because this thing... And yeah, as you mentioned uh, in another podcast we recently recorded, that visual and uh, short film that she made with it is a great mm-hmm. companion piece, and it visualizes a lot of the themes that she was trying to get at with this record. So it's a recommended thing if you've listened to this at all, or if you haven't, it's a good way of experiencing the music that she's written here. Right. When I listened to the album, I wasn't that... like I liked it, but I wasn't yeah. in love with it. It wasn't until I saw the visual medium... That everything yeah. clicked for me with it. It really, really does. Because you see exactly what was going through her brain when she mm-hmm. was putting these ideas on paper. So yeah, um, I'm very excited to see her win uh, Best Alternative Album of the Grammys next year. 
All right, number one, what probably actually should win that category, but is not nominated because nobody's uh, nobody at the Grammy nominations have heard of this heard of this artist. My number one is Indigo D'Souza and her record, Any Any Shape You Take. This thing, whoo boy, it is great. So I probably didn't talk about it much on this podcast because she's kind of a smaller artist. But she's somebody I've been tracking since 2018 when she released her debut. And no one really was paying much attention back then. Now, though, we're in a, um, an era in which indie music is defined by prominent women. You have Phoebe Bridgers having the biggest year of her career. You have Olivia Rodrigo borrowing a lot of sounds from that kind of DIY space for songs like Good For You, hitting it huge. And you also have like artists like Taylor Swift, like bringing some of these smaller artists to the forefront. Um, and so like, if this is going to be the time for a bigger audience for artists like Indigo, this is the time. And she is taking advantage of that. And a lot more eyes have been on this record than I think her first one. And I think it's well-deserved. I think she takes the songwriting like that she's always been so good at. She expands the sound out. It's no more. There's no longer as low fidelity as that first record sounded. And uses it just to make these explosive choruses, these big, big song moments. Songs that just completely break down in the middle and rebuild themselves. Songs that uh, take like an like an auto-tune kind of like trail. There's songs that take like, oh no, we're just going to constantly be in this like upper register of my voice. Songs that go into like the lower register. Like just all over the place in whatever kind of style. I mean... The album name, it's right there, Any Shape You Take. And it feels like the record itself is reforming itself as it goes on. It is, in a way, a breakup record, in similar ways to some other records we've had this year, like um, Casey Musgrave's Starcross, where she is, a lot of the lyric content comes from a relationship that just didn't work out for either party. But it's more than that. It's also hopeful. There's songs about, like, the song Hold You is like just about like this, her dealing with like, actually, if this didn't work out, it's okay because I have the people I'm close with. I have my friends. I can, we can like have this little party and, and still think that there's hope for them for whatever comes next, even if things were complicated in, in the past. It's just, it's such an interesting record with all sorts of different textures and sounds. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's just so, so good. And, I like it just as much as I do Halsey, but I had to choose one over the other, and it just sort of, I've ended up where, where I am here, but it's probably, it's probably my choice for number one. All right. Whew. So, that was uh, my list. Unfortunately, that does mean we have zero crossover. Oh, no! I but mean, I knew that was going to happen. This, this tends to happen. It's because you haven't listened to Charges yet. <laughs> as you say. All right. So, um... I'll start with my top five. All right. Down at the top. I'm, I'm ready. Down at the five with um, yet another 5A, 5B <laughs> companion piece. Okay. And that is Midland. If you know me and if you listen to this, Midland was my 2019, um, Late Roll was uh, my 2019 album of the year. I am all on hype on the Midland train, <laughs> train bandwagon. Yes. Whatever it train is. Train wagon. Train wagon. And they put out not one, but two albums. Yes. However, both these albums are technically EP, so there are only <laughs> like six songs on each. Yeah. So I'm just combining them all to sure. one LP album. That's fair. Which I'm calling um, the, the Last Resort Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is combining the Sonic Ranch, 
uh, and The Last Resort, both Midland uh, put out this year. Mm. It's good, Midland. They're Midland. just short. I yeah. hate that they're short and they were split, but put them together. You get a fun, country-loving songs. Um, uh, so many good... Uh, it's it's Midland. I love Midland. <laughs> you love Midland. for Midland. Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast for longer than two years, you know he loves Midland. Yeah. Um, they were my first like, concert back from COVID. Yeah. Um, sought them out, went to them. They, like, the album literally came out the week before they were playing, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to all this, and sure enough, they played their songs. I was like, yeah, I'm singing along to it, even though the songs just came out, because yeah. they're they're cool, and they're catchy, and they're <laughs> hip, and damn, I want them to put out, like, an actual full album now, and put out, go on, like, on tour. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick, I'd feel like the Sonic Ranch is, the, is, Better than um, the Last Resort, if because it has a companion piece to it, um, similar to Get Back, which yeah. we'll talk about in TV. <laughs> yes, um, the Sonic Ranch um, visual component to it was about the creation of Midland, um, the band, and how they recorded their studio, kind of like a last ditch effort to become a band. Um, it's fun it's looking into it, like the writing process about it, and yeah, uh, like just getting to know Midland more. And it's fun. It's available on YouTube if you want. It's only like forty minutes long, uh, yeah. but it's a it's good. It makes me want more Midland, and yeah. I, I could ask for more. <laughs> you always want more. It's just like Ratchet and Clank. It's the Ratchet and Clank of music. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's other there's other ones that fill that slot. <laughs> there are other bands. Sure. Um, coming in at number four is more country surprise. <laughs> Time tequila and therapy by Old Dominion. <laughs> hey, all three, all three of them. Um, I also like Old Dominion, especially their Mal Mix remix <laughs> yes. from their Old Dominion album. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, but uh, this album is exactly what it talks about. Time, tequila, and therapy. <laughs> it is smooth. It is slow going. And you just want to sip some tequila and listen to it. It has one of my favorite songs of the year, if we were still doing songs on it, um, called Hawaii. Basically, oh. wanted to go back to Hawaii on it. <laughs> uh, it's smooth country. No, nothing too hard, nothing too soft. Just right in the middle. <laughs> Good old fashion country song. Sure. They're also soft spot, heart of mine. Um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, like I said, you're, you're putting me in this caveat of I can't put Taylor's version on there. Because <laughs> otherwise, this is where Taylor Red would go. Yeah, but no. But no. Not allowed. No, you're not allowed to make, make me allowed to do it. <laughs> so we got Time to Kill and Therapy by Old Dominion. Yeah. Then we get to number three. Yes. And this is a more recent album. Uh-huh. And it's an album that caught me by surprise yeah. of how much I liked it. Because I just put it on as, okay, let me just listen to say that I listened to it. <laughs> and little did I know, yeah. I was going to enjoy every little bit of it. And I think that that was this, the story of this record for a lot of people this year. Yep. Uh, I'm talking about uh, An Evening with Silk Sonic. Oh, God. That's <laughs> not what I thought you were going to talk about. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. But yeah, there you go. I thought it was an evening with Silk Sonic. You've only had like a week and a half for this. 
No, I've had like three weeks with it. A month now. Really? Okay. Yeah. Feels like it just came out. Uh, <laughs> well, no. Well, the singles have been out for a while. Oh, That's what you're thinking. Okay. Yeah. The singles have been out for a while, but the actual album itself recent. came out. is yeah. pretty recent. So, yeah. I, so, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, yeah. Two very strong artists. And then when they announced they were doing this at last year's Grammys, coming out as Silk Sonic, People were kind of skeptical, and I was one of them. I was like, oh, how's this going to work? Is Anderson Pack going to overpower Bruno Mars, or is Bruno Mars just going to basically, <laughs> you know, be the front man that he is most of the time and yeah. try and um, establish his 70s smooth style funky beats all <laughs> over everything? And honestly, I thought this there was a very strong possibility for this to be a one-hit wonder kind of scenario. Yeah. Not that they would put out a song, it would be a hit single for one week, and then the album would come out and everybody would forget. Yeah. But I was wrong. No, uh, it's so much so that it got Grammy nominated. People yeah. are talking about this album. Of course, the album itself is not eligible until next year. But right. the singles that were released prior to the cutoff are. Yep. Um, so, An Evening with Soul Sonic um, gives you kind of that intimate moment. It takes you through what essentially is a night on the town. Yeah. It's Fun, it's funky, it's upbeat. You're bopping around to like the different clubs, the different settings, and then it slowly fades away into the more smooth jazz where you find the one you want to take home. <laughs> it becomes baby bumping music by the end. Stop saying that. <laughs> it is. You're not bumping the babies. <laughs> the bumping makes the babies. Yes. All right, baby, making, baby making music. Baby making that is music. the thing. That is what the thing is. You're bumping uglies. Oh, God. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> it's smooth jazz, funky beat. I loved this album. Okay. I'm surprised I yeah, love this I'm album. Yeah, I'm surprised you love it as much as you do. Like, I put this on just to say I listened to it. I thought I was going to like fall into the same category yeah. as like Billie Eilish or Kanye West or even like Drake and Lil Nas X. Yeah. I was like, oh, like I'll just listen to it. Like, okay. Like, just say that I listened to it and it is what you think it is. But it's not. It's a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. All right. And that's why it's my number three. Okay. Only behind. Only behind two... Two others. Two others. So, coming in at number two is a shocker <laughs> to me. Uh, and a shocker to everybody. Because when the first single came off of this, I made this a running gag on the <laughs> <Yes>, podcast. <you> <laughs> I kept changing the words every single time because the single that released Driver's License... It was a number one hit. It was One, it was a number one hit, but two, because I had to listen to it and just thought, it was, oh, someone getting their driver's yeah. license. It's about someone getting a car and there's like 500 songs out there about people getting cars like, and driving around. It's like, well, not exactly. Not exactly. Little did we know that it was just only the first opening salvo... Of what would be a dominating year for... For Olivia Rodrigo yes. as she released Sour, which became probably my one of my most played albums. Oh, um, yeah. When that album came out, it was catchy, mm -hmm. funky, upbeat, a chameleon of an artistry. Oh, yeah. Um, 
as we mentioned, um, switching from driver's license to deja vu to good for you <laughs> yeah. to one, two uh, step. Yeah. Uh, one, two step. <laughs> one, two step. <laughs> oh, man. Louis Rodrigo, do a cover of one, two step. Yeah. Um, no, uh, one step forward, three yeah, steps step back. Yeah, one step forward, three steps back. And then, um, yeah, jealousy, jealousy, yep, jealousy. And then, uh, what's the what's the other one that's a single now? Traitor, traitor. I love traitor. Like, yeah, it's just that's the thing is that that record. The, one of the reasons why it works so well is because she was willing to take on all these different kinds of songs that she grew up with, which is weird to say because she's so much younger than me. Yeah, she's seventeen. <laughs> well, she's eighteen, 18 now. now. But yeah, um, it's just interesting that she was able to take all these different influences, make like something from a lot of different genres right. on this and, record and make them all seem like they fit together. And it's essentially a breakup album. Yeah. Which is funny because when we heard breakup album coming from Casey Musgraves, <laughs> we thought that's the album we're going to talk about. That's the breakup album we're going to talk about. But no, Sour from Olivia Rodrigo just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Even though it's written from, like we said, the perspective of a 17-year-old. Right. They are universal themes yeah. that everyone can resonate with. And yeah. they're sung and hit in such an emotional tone that even us, 30-year-old men, <laughs> resonate with it at some point. Yeah, I think the thing that makes this work is not only just the strength of the writing here, but like also the fact that Olivia just delivers them so well. Mm-hmm. She's a very good technical singer on top of all this. So it makes everything feel like 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 that much heavy hitting, as you said. Like the reason why Driver's License works. Driver's License, pretty simple song, but her performance of it is why it works. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that like going this is a very very promising first record for an artist that I hopefully hopefully will have a Taylor Swift esque career moving forward. You have when you write a lyric about Billy Joel. <laughs> Singing to Billy Joel yeah, and making a number one hit. It's, it's a quite, it's quite, a, quite an ability there. Yep. Yeah. No. I just. Yeah. I mean, this barely made my top ten. Unfortunately, didn't quite make it in there because of just how stacked this year was. But it's definitely an honor, honorable mention for me. If yeah, it, it's definitely one of the best debuts from a mainstream pop artist I've heard in a long, long time. Yep. And to see it be Grammy nominated oh, everywhere. I mean, early expression is I'm pushing it for it to win. I think I think she I think will she has have a chance, chance at a Billie Eilish style take the big four. Yep, happening here. But we'll and, see. and if that happens, that's the new wave coming in and basically kicking all the, the Zoomers are out. taking over. Oh no, we're They're old. Here. We're the old. Zoomers. <laughs> anyways, anyways, um, yeah. so you have a number one. Is Sour on. Olivia Rodrigo. Right. How's your number two? Number two. Which means there's an album that was I thought was better than that. Are you sure it's just one album, though? Oh, oh, yes, <laughs> one album. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. Um, dun dun dun. <laughs> da 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 da. Let's get to the point. Let's get to the point. I am talking about uh, "Heart and Soul" by Eric Church. Even your computer thought that joke was lame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Eric Church. Yeah. Put out not one, not two, technically three albums. <laughs> yeah, technically. Technically three albums, but combined into Heart and Soul. Yeah. So, Heart came out first, immediately fell in love with it. Then Soul came out, immediately <laughs> fell in love with it. Uh-huh. So much so... <laughs> 
I bought tickets to see him in concert. Yeah. Signed up for his fan club specifically <laughs> to get the vinyl version of Ampersand. Yes. The connecting piece between complete. heart and Ampersand soul. Yeah. To complete the package. To complete the uh, trilogy of albums that he put out. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, Dual Heap is not on here. <laughs> because that was last year. Right. Uh, but... Oh, whenever I went anywhere, yeah. if it wasn't Midland that was on in my car, <laughs> it was the Heart album from Eric Church. Yeah, followed by the Soul album from Eric Church. Yeah. back to back. Nice. Um, Heart on Fire is a bona fide <laughs> hit in my list. Same with um, uh, Roulette, uh, Dashboard Roulette, uh, Roulette on the radio. Uh, also, uh, into the heat, into the heart of the night, as we point this thing west into <laughs> the chest of the still beating heart <laughs> of the night. Da, 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 da. It has everything that speaks to me in an album. It's hard yeah. hitting. It's rock and roll. Yeah. It's a little bit country, but it's. <laughs> Hits you right there, right in the field. It speaks to you on so many levels. Yeah. Um, and just a wide variety of music talent just pouring out of the speakers into my ear holes. Yeah. I love all all three of this, heart and soul. So cool. just complete package, Eric yeah. Church, heart and soul. My all allow it. One, all allow it. My number one uh, <laughs> album's. Cool. Of the, of the year. Great. All right, so that was your top eight. I mean, your top five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, which means the time has come to somehow pull out of our hats one album between the two of us. And yes, I realize there's no crossover. So, so I feel like this the, is the, a pretty... It comes down to two. Yeah. It's going to come down to records that we both listen to being yeah. Halsey, If I Can't Have Love, I'm on Power. And... Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. And I think that this is an easy... If it's between the two of us, it's easy to do. I think Sour is absolutely uh, valid here. I think there's definitely an argument for it. Like I said, I really love that record too. In fact, I am. I was very disappointed that I, she didn't quite make it up into the upper echelons of my list. But that just goes to show you how strong of a year it was. I had a lot to choose from. And so, yeah. But if I was to choose like a mainstream artist... like. And I'm not really counting Halsey here as a mainstream artist in the same way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, so Olivia Rodrigo just knocked it so much out of the park. With it Sour. was Olivia Rodrigo's year. Oh, yeah. I mean... But honestly, though, you made such an argument for Eric Church here. I think, I think he's up, up here. But if, you, but, if, if, but if you think Sour makes more sense for a, an amalgamation of our tastes, then maybe Sour still wins. But I'm well, just saying, yeah. you've sold me on Eric Church. Yes, but you haven't listened to Eric but, Church. Yeah, I have not. And that is You're one of right. our criteria, is that we yes, have to we listen have to, to listen it, have to have seen it, have to have experienced right, it. Right, right. So yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess by default then. I mean, Sarah's not a bad choice. I mean, she is up for like a billion Grammys for all right. this thing. And I did love that film by Halsey. Yeah, but I, this is not about the film, though. Right. That's where and this kind of gets complicated. That's where it misses my boat. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, easy, easy pick here. I think that that can absolutely be our Media Boat Podcast album of 2021. 
Well, before we officially crown her, we need to say honorable mentions of stuff that yeah. we did listen to. So let's just go down the huge list here. Yep, because, uh, because oh so starting off, this album actually would have made my list, except it's a compilation album. Okay. And we don't do those on yeah. our list. Uh, I'll talk about the hits. I mean, the, the highlights, highlights by The weekend. Yeah. Because yeah. there's nothing but the hits from his uh, previous records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It, yeah, it, it does what it needs to do. It reminds you, oh yeah, The weekend is a lot of bangers. Right, which he put out <laughs> right before he performed at the Super Bowl. Right. And it was perfect timing because yeah. I just wanted a compilation album of The weekend, and he delivered it. Yeah. You know, if I want the hits... Yeah. He gave me the hits. And I should say, the ultimate, uh, we should say, yes, as I said at the beginning of this, the ultimate honorable mentions here, of course, Taylor's Duel re-records Fearless Red. Yes, Red is mm-hmm. definitely the winner of the two. The vault tracks are really good. I think, yeah, I think uh, the 10-minute version of All Too Well is exactly what she promised and more so. And yeah, I definitely probably in, in a list that would account for things that didn't come out in 2021, it would top that list easy. But because we are, do not do that here, um, we'll just say, hey, they're good. <laughs> yeah. um, I will say, uh, when it came out, Head Up High by Fist in the Tantrums. Yeah. It came out in uh, late February, early March, and I was high up on it. Yeah, it's been on um, I did end up hearing it a lot uh, during the NCAA <laughs> tournament and subsequent commercials. Yeah, yeah. I just never found myself going around back to it. Right. I think if I was, like, out more doing active stuff, or, like, yeah. I think it would have been higher up. Sure. But it is, I mean, it fits the tantrums at this point. Yeah. They're a really, one of those really good rock right. um, bands. Now, I'll just use a spot to mention the Marfa tapes. That's, That's Jack and Ingram, next. Miranda Lambert, and John Randall. Uh, we both listened to this. Uh, you did not get the concept. I did not get the concept. <laughs> but it worked for me. I think that that intimate kind of recorded around the fire in a get-back style way, it gives you a peek behind the curtain about how these songs are practiced and put together by just pros in their field. Here's just three country, country-ass country songwriters and singers mm-hmm. do, just singing country songs around the fire and with all the crackle and nature sounds that go with that. I think it's a vibe. I think it sounds great. I think some of the songs are amazing and should have proper studio recordings Some. Some of the ones that did have proper studio recordings that Miranda gets to rethink are also great in their own way. And I think it's just a fun, interesting version of what an album can be. It doesn't always have to be this perfect studio recorded thing. Sometimes you just want to hang out in the, around the fire with your friends. And that's what yeah. this feels like. A uh, 15-year-old me would be remiss if I did <laughs> not mention Nowhere Generation by Rise Against. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as well as Jordy by Maroon 5. Okay. Those are, like, for past me. Yeah, sure. They're still good in their own right. They're just not... Like, I have, like, soft spots in, like, the back of my heart for them. I want to mention uh, Jubilee by Japanese Breakfast. Man, did Japanese Breakfast have a year. Mm -hmm. Not only with this album, which is fantastic, but also the video game score for Sable. Also her best-selling book, Crying in H-Mart. And most recently, her not one but two Grammy nominations, one for Alternative Album of the Year and one for Best New Artist, literally out of nowhere. So congratulations to Japanese Breakfast. Um, and then... Also 15-year-old me, uh, Pressure Machine <laughs> yeah. by The Killers. Yeah, yeah. We both yeah. like that album. Yeah, that album's all right. That album's okay. Um, I don't love, love it, but it's pretty good. Yeah. 
also want to shout out um, Call Me If You're Lost by Tyler the Creator. Not a Tyler fan, but this thing is really good. It's Tyler rapping again and really technically well. Mm-hmm. And it gives him like a little bit of a personal kind of um, like a, a place to talk about their personal stories, like a love story about that just didn't work out about him and a former lover. And it's just fascinating song. And it's getting a lot of notice right now on uh, year-end lists already. Start seeing that pop up a lot. Speaking of year-end lists, Lana Del Rey with both Chemtrails Over the Country yeah. Club and Blue Bannister. She had two albums out <sighs> this year. I think of the two, Blue Bannister is a little bit more is a little better and a little more listenable. I didn't really love either of them. Mm-hmm. I think she's still chasing uh, Norman fucking Rockwell, and I don't know if she's going to catch it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention uh, Home Video by Lucy Dacus. Lucy's one of my favorites. Didn't quite crack the top 10 for me this year because it's just not as strong as her last record. But still, a lot of great moments on that record. It's really, really good, especially if you're a fan of Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, you like Phoebe, you like Lucy just as much. If you didn't um, particularly listen to anything off the off Equals, Equal Sign by Ed Sheeran, don't worry, you will hear all the radio singles coming to your yeah, dashboard really soon. You're good. Okay. Uh, oh, and lastly, we will be remiss if we did not at least mention 30 by Adele. Yeah, 30 by Adele, important to mention here. Um, I feel like if it had come out earlier in the year, maybe it would, we would have more time to like sink, mm-hmm. let it sink in a little bit more. I think that's going to be a lot of people's problem with this record, at least talking about t- end of 2021 lists. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to shout out Valentine by Snail Mail, also something that came out late enough in the year where I didn't really have enough time with it. If I had more time with it, Snail Mail is one of my favorites. I would have maybe liked a little more than I have the first few. Also, yeah, I guess this is where we mention Casey Musgrave's Starcrossed, uh, where we mention Billie Eilish's Happier Than Ever, and where we mention... Planet um, Hurt, Doja Cat. <laughs> oh, Sol- Solar Power by Lord. Those are the three I wanted to droop into the same, because they uh, all, all suffer under not as good as the last yeah. one problem, yep. which is just unfortunate for them. And if we were dealing with singles... Um, I would have to give shout-outs off of Body Language by Blake Shelton. Yeah. Um, and uh, where'd it go? Um, the Comeback by Zach Brown there. Right, right, right. Which I like. Oh, and Famous Friends by Chris Young. Yeah. So basically the, the country artists you've heard of category. Yeah. <laughs> they all have singles on there. Yeah. Just not good enough for a full album. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of, not just good enough for a full album, The Album by Chase Rice. Right. Do better. Do better <laughs> album. I do better album of 2021. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right cool. That'll do it. Thank you for joining us this, this, for this special wrap-up. If you need the wrap-up, our story of the year was Britney, the Free Britney movement, and her end of her conservatorship. And our album of the year for 2021, and here at the Media Boat Podcast, is Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Thank you for joining us here for the music edition of this podcast. We'll be back with another one. We're going to do the other three segments of this show as well, so stay tuned. If you want to, you can subscribe to all our services, all our um, podcasts, on all podcast services around. If you already, if we've already recorded them, they're already in your feed now, and you can listen to them right after yep. this podcast. Thank you for listening to us. I'm yeah. um, enjoying our thoughts on music from 2021. We'll be back with regular episodes in the coming soon. days soon. And we'll be coming up with even more end-of-the-year releases, which, if you're listening to us in the future, <laughs> they're available right, right now. now. Go, 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 go listen to them. Go, go, now. <laughs>